Are people fear and loathing Las Vegas GP? Zach Brown fires shots at Monaco. And Dave curbs his enthusiasm on F1 tracks. Welcome to the Late Night Race Review. The 4th of April. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dave Jericho. And with me, as always, is the F1 meat sparkler, Mr. Owen Scott. If you yes. like your Formula One news and reviews a day late and with the accuracy of a fat man at a roller disco, then you've come to the right place. Well, Scotty, we had no F1 this weekend, but there was, uh, there was uh, enough news to keep us occupied. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had uh, a few bits of, of news this week. The, the the big thing, I guess, when we get straight into it, uh, would be Las right Vegas, down. the announcement of Las Vegas oh, GP. Yeah. Um, what were your initial thoughts when uh, when this was announced? Did you see it coming? Uh, well, it was kind of the, the worst kept secret in Formula One for a while. I think there was a mm. rumour of that coming out for a while. Um, and, <laughs> and then they're slightly... Uh, ridiculous secretive video that they released um, <laughs> that was clearly the sign for Welcome to Las Vegas. Um, so yeah, I, I suppose I, I knew it was coming for a while, but um, it was nice to see it announced though, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, um, So we've got like a total of what? Three, well, we will have a total of, of three uh, USA Grand Prix by 2023. Um, and obviously looking at um, Drive to Survive, do you think that this, this is um, kind of the, the fruition of that market kind of opening up? And is this what we're going to be seeing in the future is, is more American races? What do you think? I would... Yes and no. I, I, I don't think they can add more. I don't think they could justify adding any more. Uh, I think three is is perfect. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't kind of get the, the so, sort of social backlash that's been going on via sort of, you know, the usual outlets, Twitter, Facebook, all that type of stuff, where yeah. people are sort of complaining, you know, we have three races in in the United States, but we don't have one in say Africa. We have, you know, we're, we're at, at the expense of something in Europe or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think the three three races in in the United States is perfect. I think it's the right amount. And I think people have to understand, look, I'm, I'm an F1 purist and I like to make sure that we're keeping the historical tracks. But I also have to understand that things are evolving um, the fan base is evolving. And as, and as a result, people are just going to have to evolve with it. Um, the Netflix series definitely had a huge impact on the decision to, well, yeah, it would have had a huge impact because I mean, this, this impact would have been coming since probably the last season, season three of drive to survive. Mm. So I think, um, it, yeah, we've got a new generation of fans. It, it is taking taking flight in in the United States now, which has been taking a while. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I'm excited for it though. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Me too. I have to say, the when you look at at, um, at F1, say like like a business, it it makes perfect sense to go there. That's Completely. that's where the money is, um, and they're they're going to pay um, good money to have races. Uh, there so it's 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 win-win for for formula one and at the end of the day people have to understand that just because these are new fans that are coming in whether it's via this drive to survive series or not and think what you like about season four of that <laughs> but there those new fans are, are no less important 
than me of 35 years or someone of 40 or 50 years. Yeah, you know, yeah. if they enjoy, if they are only new to this, to, to, to Formula One this year or last year or, how, or whenever they got involved in it, if they enjoy it and they're, they're, they want to turn up at the racetrack and enjoy it, then absolutely. You know, the, the, if, if the fan base is there for them, do it. I, I think the current or the, the new crop of fans need the purists there to, to kind of explain some of the, the, the more um, the, the ins and outs of, of Formula One, some of the more technical stuff. It's important to, to have both of those there. The, the, the newer fans bring in droves of money on merchandise um, and obviously you need the purists there not to kind of lose the, the heart of the, of the sport. But well, it is about marrying the two of them together, though. Absolutely, absolutely. It's important not to lose sight of the, of the goal that, that's to improve the spectacle of Formula One while still keeping the historical roots of Formula One. Uh, and like you say, it is a case of marrying those two together and finding a nice balance between the two. And I think that's perfectly doable. I don't think having three races in the United States is going to affect that in any way um there are some race circuits now that i would think that if it came at the expense of you know some historical like spa for example i mean it, if it was to come at the expense of that look mm. i think uh it wouldn't be just me up in arms um complaining so um yeah yeah but at the moment that's not the case um they're, they're they want to expand the calendar um so look i think i think it's great it's good news all around yeah, definitely. Um, and on on Vegas, now that it's that's confirmed, what do you think of that? There's going to be obviously logistical challenges to to putting on a race in Las Vegas. They're going to have to close down um, a sizable chunk of the of the town there. Um, it's what six six point one two I have here in front of me kilometer uh, route, and you know it, that's that's a busy city. Um, it's a strange one to like. I mean, it's going to be. So, I mean, look, you've, you've got Monaco manages it. Uh, you've got Baku as well, manage it. Yeah. Um, and, and you have to remember as well, it's not going to be shut down for, you know, two weeks or a week or it's, you know, it's, it's going to be closed for the duration of the race weekend. I mean, like mm-hmm. nighttime, it's going to be, I, as far as I know, you know, people, because what you have to remember as well, what I find unusual about it is the hotels, if you, uh, I don't know whether you, you if you know the, the, the new layout for the Las Vegas GP, mm-hmm. but you've got hotels that sort of sit inside the closed loop. Yeah. And my question is like all those hotels would have like underground car parking, that type of stuff. Sure. So for the likes of the Friday, Saturday, that type of thing, I just wonder how they manage it for those sort of, you know, guests of the hotel, you know, because you can't obviously cross the track. There's no, like, I haven't been to last, like last time I was in Las Vegas was late nineties. Um, so I don't think there's, there's no sort of, you know, there's no, no underground that, that passes um, via the strip or anything like that to get through over. So I, I'm not hundred percent sure how that works, but that aside, um, they will start working on the, the, the building the racetrack, putting up all the sort of the temporary stands and stuff like that around the track. Probably about two weeks, I think. I think Monaco starts building about two weeks before. It could be even earlier than that, where they start putting up the stands, um, you know, all the scaffolding, that type of stuff, all the, the Armaco barriers, all that type of stuff. Um, mm. And it's only then sort of as it's approaching sort of, um, sort of I suppose, the Wednesday um, where they're actually starting to close off roads and sections of road and stuff like that to get uh, you know f- ready for racing 
I, I wonder, um, obviously, that they'll, they'll be looking to Monaco to see how to, to put this together. I wonder, uh, in Monaco, how they deal with that, that same situation. With there's, there's lots of residencies and hotels within that, the track limits there. There, there there's there's a ho- there's a hotel um now i could be shot and everybody could be screaming at me here but i mm. don't think there's a lot inside the monaco loop I, there is the hotel right. at the hairpin um then you've got just trying to think now you got that like you got the pit straight and stuff like that where you've got the the paddock like there's no buildings there as far as i know you got the swimming pool complex um i i don't think i don't think it's going to be as much of a logistical challenge in monaco um in terms of um you know hotels and that type of stuff as it would be in las vegas because like i said las vegas has i think maybe 10 possibly maybe not quite 10 massive hotels and casinos right inside the closed loop that people will need to get in and out of now there's there is um, bridges all up and down the, the, the you know, all, all around the, 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 the racetrack. So, so people will be able to walk. I'm just thinking in terms of people driving, getting into there, in, into the car park for hotels and stuff. I don't know how that works during, uh, like, say, especially maybe the, thir- you know, the Thursday, Friday and Saturday, which will be, um, you know, the sort of the racing days for Las Vegas. Yeah. Well, look, if anyone can make it work, it'll be the Americans. You know, they'll, they'll make it happen. Yeah. Um, there's money there to be made and they'll find a way around any challenge to get to that point, I imagine. And they're only closing off half the strip as well, as far as I know. Like, I mean, it's right, not okay. it's not the full full strip. Um, but uh, yeah, either way, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, and I'm kind of excited to see. I'm sure there'll be um, same way they do in Monaco. They sort of release these videos that show the sort of the building of the tr- of the circuit and stuff like that so i'd be very interested to see one for las vegas on how they go about the actual construction of the track um you know coming up to a race weekend that'd be exciting to see it, there is there is history here it's not the first time that we've had racing in las vegas we had the the 81 82 um and what are your thoughts on on how that that layout it was caesar's palace car park um, yeah what what's I mean, your thoughts on on the layout um and how it differs do you know i actually okay the old racetrack was absolute garbage okay thanks for saying that i was looking at it yes (laughs) yeah it's actually garbage but i you know i didn't mind the actual sort of the layout if if that layout like there's 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 some modifications that could be made on it but it it could have been a decent race circuit but it was just uh, yeah it was awful it was awful Mm -hmm. so look there's this is chalk and cheese between the two, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you've yeah. got one that's um, a street circuit to start with. Um, you've got you're you're taking in, you know, it's a six kilometer. What I don't know, do you do you know off the top of your head the uh, what length the uh, the old circuit was? I was did probably look in, at that. I looked at that last night. It was a lot less, probably four uh, kilometers or something. Probably maybe not even was it four kilometers or something like that. I don't have the figure there, but it was it was less. It was less. I have to, I have so to I mean. That. You're, you're talking, like I said, we're up to over a six kilometer route. You're taking in, I think the biggest factor here is that you're taking in, it's not, okay, you were talking the Las Vegas strip here, but the spectacle of nighttime, all the lights on and the hotels, and I hope they have the Bellagio, the fountains and stuff going as well as they're coming down to that yeah. turn. I mean, I think that, that that'd be coming into the final turn. Is it like turn... 13 actually i can just see here now it looks like there's maybe a bit of a chicane down there or something like that but into turn 13 anyway yeah. um 
let me just see here. Yeah. Like it'd just be fantastic if they have the, the the fountain going with all the lights underneath it, and you've got the cars flying down the straight with the you know the lights reflecting off the cars. It'll just yeah. be an absolute amazing spectacle. The cars won't look they, they just won't look any better than in that race. I know yeah. I'm overhyping yeah. it here, but I mean I I can't see them looking any better than in this no, race. No, no, no. I mean, like uh, just to confirm there, yeah, the 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 Caesar's Palace car park was three point six kilometers. Uh, 3.6 kilometers so squeezing a lot of track into that area that is um, a big length of yuki <laughs> <laughs> we've uh we've dubbed it a yuki a yuki okay, um, yeah <laughs> um so i mean like, they're not bringing this race to las vegas in order to to not make it spectacular and not have all of these things going it's it's going to it's going to be uh, a spectacle isn't it really it is going to be that that it is a sh it's going to be a show that that's mm. exactly what it's going to be um curious that they have only gone as far as i know they've only gone with a two-year contract mm -hmm. um which ironically when you look at the 80s race was only 81 and 82 yeah yeah um it would be interesting to see whether this will be a two-year contract with the you know as a trial yeah, to see yeah. Uh, how it pans out, or is it just a one-off and you know do the two two-year races and then move to another city? I mean, that wouldn't be outside of the realms of what the you know America would do. Um, I mean, I would love to see a New York, yeah, race. Yeah. Um, I mean, or something that's like another that. another question. Then is is this something that we might see going forward? Is moving tracks um, every year, different circuits? I mean, that's in different a, areas. It's a huge undertaking, isn't it? A huge expense. Mm. Um, then you know, obviously you've got the, you know, the, the grading, the licensing, the, you know, everything that comes with making sure that you've got a grade, was it grade, grade one um, racetrack. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I think, yeah, I think, I think maybe it's a bit, it would be a bit too complex to do it as frequently as that, but it would be fantastic if this, if Las Vegas wasn't necessarily going to be uh uh, a long term on the calendar that this is this race is sort of the third America race or United States race is one that will be moved around to different cities, different street circuits. I mean, look, that's maybe me just daydreaming, but it would be yeah, that would be class. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of of the street circuit, what sort of difficulties do you think the drivers will face in terms of say setups? Um, like what what will we see setup wise? Do you think? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a couple of things. I mean, the difficulties, I mean, look, it's going to be a fast race. It's going to be a low, low downforce. Um, I mean, it's, you know, get your car going as fast as you can, slam on the brakes for, for <laughs> any sharp corners. Mm. Uh, I, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think the difficulties will be going, like that Las Vegas strip, I know drivers will be very much um, having the blinkers on going down that straight. Mm. But I'm just wondering, that is going to be sensory overload uh, yeah. going down there. And I'm just wondering, is that going to be now it's a straight, so it's not like it's a complex um, series of corners. It's not, there's no, it's not a technical stretch of the circuit. Um, I think if it was a technical stretch that could get a bit dazzling, mm. but on a straight, I know it should be okay. Um, setup wise, I mean, look, it's going to be low down for, so, you know, we're going to probably see similar to what they would maybe use in sort of like Monza or somewhere like that. Um, it would be, uh, you know, low down for as fast as you can get it to go. Um, mm. and I think what we'll also see here is probably a return of the DRS chicken 
Um, yes. Because yeah. these straights are going to be powerful. I mean, especially the strip. I mean, if you're coming in off on, onto the, to the strip off what turn nine, Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm not sure, I don't know whether, and, and forgive me if we've already, if this info is out, I'm not sure where the DRS detection zones are on that track at the moment. Um, but if you've got a DRS detection zone coming in on turn nine, which is obviously just coming into the, uh, into the Las Vegas strip, mm. that's powerful. I mean, you do not yeah. want to be, uh, you do not want to be the car in front going onto that straight two kilometers. You, you're not holding that going into the next corner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the, the the race start time is said to be ten p.m., um, which would make it what the latest race on the schedule. Do you uh, do you do you get though why they're doing that? I mean, I know they're saying it's 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 about maximizing the the viewership, um, but I don't. Well, sorry, the ten p.m. on the the Saturday more so. I mean, is yeah, it really yeah. maximize? Like, why do 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 people not watch? Are they maybe they don't want to? I wonder is it. Well, the NFL isn't going to be on, maybe, or maybe the Arkansas. Sorry, I'm kind of jumping around here in my own head. <laughs> um, maybe they're considering that because I don't know. We don't know when this is going to be in the year, so yeah. maybe they're thinking they have a few dates in mind. They don't want to compete with the NFL because they know right. the NFL is Sunday, like Sunday's a football day in America. Sure. So they, if you've got a Formula One race, a, a new sport that's trying to gain traction. Uh, no pun intended, then mm-hmm. I think that's probably, uh, that, that would make sense going on a Saturday then. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, no, no, no dates have been confirmed or anything for it. No, nothing at all. Nothing at all. No. But, um, but I would imagine it's going to have to be outside of the summer to start with. I mean, that mm-hmm. city, like, I mean, like I said, I haven't been there in 20 odd years, but the, when I was there, like, I mean, not only is it hot during the day, obviously, like I, I would have been there in, Ju- in July or I think it was July. And, you know, you're talking in the 40s, um, sort of mid, mid 40s, something like that. Um, Celsius um, for anybody who's uh, listening <laughs> elsewhere. Um, but the what, what it does, though, is it retains the heat. Like so when it gets yeah. late at night. It's still in the 30s. Like, it's still hot. Like, so I don't think they would necessarily go for a summer race, in which case then if you're going to the back end of the summer, I think that could be around the time the NFL season kicks off as well. So, again, that would go, that would tie into the Saturday um, scheduling. Yeah. Yeah, Look yeah, at yeah. me doing a fucking homes on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we talked a little bit earlier there just about, say, the possibility of some historic tracks being um, not, not taken out of the schedule, but they're possibly at risk mm. um, of being replaced. Say, if, the, if this Las Vegas track d- is a hit and they want to keep it. Yeah. Um, one of those tracks, possibly, and we've seen Zach Brown um, having a little uh, chat. Was it on Twitter that he came out? Um, he was talking about Monaco having to. Up no, its I think game. Was, I think it was being. Was he not being interviewed or something like that? I mean, I've seen a few sources of it, but I, th- I thought it was an interview, and people were just citing. Uh, people were just uh, taking excerpts from the interview. Okay. Okay. I, um, I could be wrong there. So if you if you if you, if you know, uh, yeah, don't listen to me if I'm wrong. No, okay. Well, basically what he had said that um, uh, Monaco needs to up its game if it wants to stay part of the schedule. And, I mean, we we had a look at 
um, in our preparation, we had a look at Monaco 2021. Um, and I mean, he he has a point. Um, that was oh, yeah. not a very exciting race. Well, Monaco hasn't been exciting for a long time. Uh, other than... Um, other than excitement caused from a mistake. Yeah. Um, Monaco hasn't been exciting in a long time for its racing. So, yeah, he's right. Like, I mean, he is right. They have to, they have to think. And again, I know going back to the F1 purists conversation we had earlier, I get it. Uh, you know, it, it's sort of blasphemy to, to, to think of altering Monaco um, to the extent that it would have to be altered to yeah. uh, to accommodate these cars. And I'll be honest, I don't even see how you all, I mean, mm. there, it's not like there's much room on those corners or the track to widen it. So, yeah. um, and they're not going to start physically relaying the, the, you know, the actual roads around Monaco to suit an F1. So that's not happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah, they're not going to. It does put the F one in a, in a bit of a, a strategic um, strong point um, as the as they kind of look to come into the, the next few seasons. Monaco is they they pay the least amount of any of the the tracks or soy red. Yeah, fifteen million is all they pay. So I mean, again, looking at the F one from a business standpoint. You know, you if you want changes now, kind of looks like it might be the time to do it with another glamorous. And we were talking about Las Vegas there earlier on. That that could become that now the glamour um, race weekend. That's it. I mean, Formula One now is about a spectacle. Mm. Monaco is no longer a spectacle. And if you're trying to get young fans who want exciting, sort of heart racing racing. Um, mm then Monaco isn't it. it. It It is it for the qualifying. I mean, you know, on a single lap seeing one car going, you know, pushing it to the limit to, to, to the point where they're nearly wiping themselves out on a, on a wall or a barrier or a corner or whatever. Mm. Yes, that's exciting. But from a race, I mean, you would lose a fan. I mean, even me as a hardcore fan, sometimes you're like, I'm falling asleep watching this. It's so bad. Yeah. But... A lot of the, you know, a lot of the chatter around sort of from from the fans is sort of, and I would say the younger fans, um, and I'm, you know, maybe pointing fingers unjustly, but I think it's maybe more from the younger fans who are sort of thinking, well, the cars are too big and too heavy to go around Monaco. Um, and, you know, sort of let's go back to smaller, faster cars. Yeah. And you're thinking... <clears throat> Like it's such a, a very um, limited view of a Formula One car. Um, like these cars have got extra weight, extra size on them for safety mm-hmm. because there's more power. These cars are much more powerful than a car was back in the 90s when maybe Monaco was a bit more exciting early 2000s. Um, you, so, so you can't, you know, so, so a lot of people's arguments kind of saying, well, you know, we're ruining the sport by adding weight and adding uh, size and, and all this, you know, that that's coming for a reason. And you can't, I mean, we, we looked at Mick Schumacher's crash in Jeddah. That's a, that's, that's a prime example of why you can't strip back these cars, why you can't remove these safety features and the size. So 
So it is what it is. So the fact that this is the direction the cars have gone, that's not changing. So people need to get on board with that. The only thing I think is going to change is I, I don't see them getting rid. Well, do I see them getting rid of it next year? Because I mean, their contract is up. It's, it's in negotiations now for renewal. I mean, they, they <laughs> I mean, now is the time. What are you going to do? Renew it for five years and have five more boring races? Or yeah. do you sort of say to them, look, guys, this is what needs to change on this circuit. Make it happen and we renew the contract for another five years. Don't make it happen. And I'm sorry, like we, I mean, it's unheard, It's nearly unheard of to think that they could wipe Monaco off the calendar, but mm. I can't say I will be sad to see it go. It's just not an exciting race anymore. Yeah, it's it's more the, the legacy of that track and That's it all. being like, it's, it's the seminal uh, F1 track. And I remember playing it years ago on F1 games and just it, it it kind of encompassed what f1 was to me you know me i, I wasn't really a, a huge f1 fan but i knew monaco yeah um you know but that's it it is it is such a historical race and that's what i'm saying it's it, it's it it's hard to consider that it would be removed from the calendar but when you put all the facts of where we're at at the moment in formula one like what's the alternative do we keep trundling along with boring race after boring race mm. do we make them make a change to the circuit and if so what can be done to the circuit to make it easier to overtake i mean i don't know maybe maybe something with the pit straight into turn one or something i i'm I, i'll be honest i i don't know i don't know um yeah something has to be done and i'm thinking something will be decided before the contract is renewed for 2023 i would say yeah, yeah, time will tell on that one. Oh yeah. Um, and and speaking of of altering tracks, um, we had a look at, last week. You brought up Mick Schumacher's crash, um, and this was something that was was brought up again um, during the week. You see a lot of fans talking about the curbs and the issue of the curbs in Jeddah. Um, it's the issue did appear to be stability for the twenty twenty two cars, um, riding curbs. Yeah. Um. Yeah, is, is this an issue now for, for 22 cars? Um, well, I think so, but I mean, what, what the fuck do I know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, like if you look at, you know, before we, 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 uh, we jumped on this, um, podcast, I was, I, I, I was just you know, killing time browsing YouTube and mm. came up in my feed the sort of highlights of the Singapore sling, the Singapore Grand Prix, which was the chicane with the sausage curves that was renowned for, as it, as the name would imply, slingshotting drivers into a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was cars that had a higher ride height than these 2022 cars. Yeah. And they realized the danger of those curves so, uh, and it catapulting drivers into walls and into you know the wrong direction. So they removed, well, they, they removed it to a degree and made it safer ish uh, and remove the chicane so that same sort of thing applies to the current generation of cars and the standard higher curbs on tracks like there's some tracks now that have a low profile uh curbing um, and some have a higher profile on the curbing don't ask me to name which ones have higher and which have lower haven't a clue. <laughs> but some do and some don't um yeah. so um so when you consider that these cars, like 
they, they utilize the ground effect for downforce. So as a result, the car has been sucked to the road. Look, we know all know this. We don't need to go rehash it again. Yeah. As a result, what a curve that ideally would have been not an issue for a 2021 car that had a higher ride height, wasn't being pushed to as close to the road as the 2022 cars are. Now, like I said, we're having that issue, what we saw Mick Schumacher, that he was hitting that curb and losing control of the car. Then we saw Ocon, we saw nearly having the same mistake, Gasly, Verstappen, and I think uh, we were saying as well that in Formula 2 as well, there was a couple of drivers have having similar issues. Yeah. So that says to me that those curbs should just, and I'm not talking on every track, on every corner. I don't think there's any, that that's not necessary. But where it is necessary is where you have a sudden change of direction. So going into a chicane, again, going back to where we were discussing about the Singapore sling, where you have a sudden change of direction. Um, and so he, he, Mick Schumacher was hitting that curb, which, which was effectively on the outside of the, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was sort of the apex, but the outside of the first turn going into the second turn. So he was in the process of turning to the right after yeah. he's already hit that curb that's destabilized his car and he has to swing the, you know, he's, he's trying to turn the wheel back the opposite way. And as a result, there's no control there. Yeah. Um, so it's those corners, I think, that has to be addressed on racetracks going forward for these type of cars. Um, but yeah, like that, that, that's, that's, that's my, that's my thoughts on it. I think a simple painted curb, um, and enforced track limits would be perfect for that. Do you think it was something that that obviously it should have been flagged ahead of time? But is it really something that they see as a as a non-issue? And I don't understand how something like this could have been could have been missed, or was it missed? Formula One's very slow at reacting. I think. Um, I I I don't want to say that they won't do anything until something catastrophic happens. Um, but I do think there has to be a number of fairly, uh, dodgy accidents, um, before they will look at that issue. And I think when we return to Jeddah next year, those curves are the same. Don't be surprised to see another driver hit that wall or, um, you know, have, have similar, um, you know, close calls. Mm -hmm. Um, like it's all well and good people saying, well, look, we don't want to, um, you know, it's a dangerous sport. Uh, what, why should we remove that danger? Absolutely, it's a dangerous sport. And, and I'm all for keeping the danger. It makes it exciting. However, I also, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm in reality when I realize, and, like, and I've done some racing in the past in, in rallying and stuff like that. So I do understand a sudden change of direction accompanied by an, an unexpected jolt to the underside of your car. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're not making, you know, you're not, you're not keeping the danger. You're adding danger that That's there's it. a difference. There's a yeah. difference between it being a dangerous sport and intentionally leaving or adding a dangerous element. I just hope that we're not back here this time next year, having this conversation, talking about a more serious accident. Um, I'll be shocked. I, I, like, I, like, I can't think of any other, off the top of my head, like I haven't gone analyzing all the tracks and corners and stuff like that to find out other corners that this might be a potential issue. Yeah, I don't get it. Look, look, I, I, I look, I'll be honest. Look, let's be real as well. 
any accident that a, a driver walks away uninjured in is is a good accident. Like it yeah. makes it makes it exciting. They've walked away. They're they're unhurt. Look, everybody gets a bit of a thrill and an excitement out of seeing an accident on in an F1 yeah, track. Yeah, Let's yeah. be honest. Look, we we love the overtaking. We love the racing. But if there's a bit of a tip, yeah, it adds to a bit of drama and a bit of excitement. Again, once a driver walks away uninjured, unharmed. But I don't agree with adding things like sausage curbs or higher curbs to a car, to a track where cars rely on uh, being as close to the road, the, 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 the track as possible, yeah. where they know they cut those corners. So why not just go with a painted curb and enforce track limits? And if you go over it in qualifying, obviously your track, your, your time is deleted. If you go over it in racing, you get a warning, you get a second warning, and then you get um, you know, a penalty or, or maybe give them a penalty after the second, you know, first one's a warning, second one's a penalty straight away. Yeah. You know, be, be harsh with it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no other tracks um, off the top of your head where you could possibly see uh, adjustments being made. There's not, no, not off the top of my head, but, yeah. and, but this is something, this isn't, this isn't just, you know, Dave Jericho is off on a fucking rant again. Like, you know, this is actually something the F1 drivers brought to the attention of yeah. Formula One going back. Um, so I think going back only last year, the year before, this was right. something that was that was brought up in terms of the high curbs and stuff like that. So um, so this is something they've been concerned about even before. Even This, this is something they were concerned about when the cars were higher. You know, yeah. the ride height was higher. So I can only imagine after Mick Schumacher hit that wall, after Max Verstappen had a squirrely moment, uh, Ocon, Gasly, I can only imagine those guys are thinking, fucking curb, like, yeah. <laughs> Yo, get this fucking thing out of here. <laughs> um, yeah. Right, I'm done, yeah. I'm done. I'll step yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so before we kind of, we wrap things up today, there's just one more, um, one more little bit of news that I'd, I'd like to, to um, get your opinion on. Um, Christian Horner this week uh, came out to talk about Daniel Ricciardo and his move from Red Bull uh, to Renault. And he stated that the, the offer they made him to stay was, uh, in his words, stratospheric. Mm. Um, but Daniel could see Max in the ascendancy and decided to take his chances elsewhere instead of playing second fiddle to Max. Um, what do you think? What are your first uh, initial thoughts in, in seeing that printed? Uh, well, two things. Firstly, I don't think Christian Horner should have aired that. There was no need for that. Um, secondly, if it is true that that's the reason why he left, I, the, I have a bit of a, a bit of disappointment in Daniel Ricciardo that he is that sort of uh, fragile in his abilities, in the belief in his abilities, that he saw a rookie coming up through the ranks um, and sort of went, this guy's going to be better than me and I'm going to be back playing second fiddle rather than fighting for his position at Red Bull as the number one driver. Yeah. Um, so if that's true, that I'm a bit disappointed um, that he didn't, yeah, that, that he didn't maybe put, put up much more of a fight. Um, yeah. But it could, I, I think, though, it could have been also a bit of a bit of that, maybe, but also the fact that they were having awful trouble with the, the engines. Um, you know, Red Bull were drastically underperforming. And I think he just thought, look, I'm going to cash in on a new team. They've sold me on the glitz and glamour and the promise of a of, of, of a title or a podium. Uh, and, and, he, and he moved. Yeah, it's um, it's it's it hasn't been um, 
progression wise it, it seems to be heading in 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 one direction for him unfortunately um in the last few years 2000 and, well he had a decent second year at Renault um i think he was fifth in, in the in the drivers championship overall yeah uh, but, but was not the time to sort of to think I, I i should stay you know there there's there's something happening here St- yeah. stay like yeah yeah definitely you weren't like he, he was he was never going to walk into a a you know a ready made title winning team yeah. you know he, so he was never going to kind of go to you know Renault and win you know win the world championship within the first two years he was never going to go to McLaren and win the world championship within two years uh, yeah. i mean and if he did then he's delusional but i don't think he he, he ever imagined that so if he knew he wasn't going to be winning in within two years, why bounce around? Like you're sort of you're chasing a trophy rather than working for one at a team um, and, st- you know, working for the long term goal. I mean, yeah. look at Max Verstappen. OK, I don't know whether he had any in- intention of leaving anyway, but he's stuck. He's stuck it out with uh, Red Bull, number one driver and has got a, a car and an engine under him. That's absolutely going to, you know, possibly win him. Well, certainly going to allow him to t- challenge for a second driver's title um, and Red Bull, the constructor's title. Had he j- like, yeah, look, I, again, I could go on another rant, but it, it's just, it's ridiculous. He, he's been chasing a title winning car rather than working with a team to build a title winning car. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I read, um, I can't remember where, where the article was, but it, it, he'd basically said that he didn't have faith in the incoming Honda engine and the, and the, and the power unit. Um, and that, you know, he, he wanted to go. So he were, he saw Renault as, uh, as possibly being his best shot at, at a title, which when you look at it now, obviously it was a huge mistake. But um, I mean, is he, is he just probably the most unluckiest driver though? I mean, he's, <laughs> he, he, he left uh, Red Bull and their boss in it. He yeah. went to Renault wasn't happy for whatever reason left there for McLaren <laughs> thinking they're going to be better. And now he's, he's fucking down the back of the grid somewhere and Renault are up there battling for the, the best of the rest positions. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. When you look at Renault now, it's, it looks like Daniel Ricardo has like the touch of death on <laughs> wherever he goes. <laughs> Either that or teams are thinking, you know what? We'll get Daniel Ricardo in for two years. We'll struggle. He'll leave. <laughs> and then we'll be bossing it after, after he's gone. <laughs> I, and like, you know, I personally, I hope that this isn't the case, and I hope McLaren, because I, I do have a bit of a soft spot for McLaren. I have to say, um, I, I do hope this isn't the case going forward, and he does find his form. But you know, it's coming into his second season now. He hasn't had a great start in the first two, and I know that a lot of it is that car. It is a tractor, um, but I really do hope they get they get it together and the the upgrades uh, pull that McLaren along a little bit, so they can actually see, or we can actually see if. Ricardo is up to it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hope he is. I hope he has his head still screwed on. He's still, you know, he, he's still hungry and, and willing to fight for for his positions. As I mean, I'd be honest. I can't see McLaren having. I don't think there's a number one clear number one driver there now. So I think it's uh, you know you've just got two drivers there. You know whoever's uh, on top in the race will get sort of preferential treatment. Yeah. But yeah, no. Hopefully he. Uh, he sticks <laughs> sticks out either that or we see what well, he's two years there now this year isn't it 
So yeah. we've got a, uh, what, I don't know, what, what is he, a Williams driver next year? Yeah, <laughs> Aston Martin, perhaps. <laughs> Aston uh, Martin, Williams, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, 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 I, I, I do hope that he, he finds some sort of form because, I mean, how long, if you're McLaren and you've two full seasons, obviously Lando's, he's still putting in performances somewhat, um, and last season he, he had a great season and you can see where where that train is heading. Yeah. If you're McLaren and Daniel Ricciardo has another bum of a season, I mean, he had, like he didn't have a bad season last year. He obviously mm. he won at Monza, um, but I mean, if he continuously has these these DNFs and and poor performances, how long are you going to wait out? Well, I think he could find himself in a spot of bother if, like, they they're they're talking to um, the the IndyCar lads. Um, yeah. And now, not just uh, was it O'Dowda? Is it O'Dowda or O'Dowd? O'Dowd, isn't it? Um, um, but they're, um, you know, the guy I'm talking about anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's another guy who has been promised, uh, I think, uh, some free practice time um, ahead of O'Dowd. Um, and I'm saying O'Dowd. If anyone's screaming O'Dowd, I am really sorry. But yeah, um, let me do a quick little check on this. Yeah, <laughs> let me let me refer the, to the. This the is the guy that's Google. currently in. Uh, he's an IndyCar with McLaren. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah, and he is called no Pad Award. Is that who it is? <laughs> oh Lord. no, no, is it? Oh, it's Award. Pad I think Award. Oh, Award. What did I say? Okay, O'Dowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I say O'Dowd? Did I? What yeah, did I say? Yeah, yeah. All right. O'Dowd. Okay. <laughs> Pad Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wah, wah, wah. It's all right. It's okay. We keep it in. We made a mistake. It's Pado Award. But, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, there's another guy. I'm not even going to pretend I know his name because uh, we'll, we'll end up repeating this whole disaster again. <laughs> but there's another guy who's been promised time in the McLaren, I think. Right. Um, so I'm wondering if that guy starts looking good in the mm. practice sessions, are they thinking, let's get another fresh rookie in? Daniel Ricciardo's become a bit stale in his ability, um, you know, sort of um, just sort of settled into, you know, old tricks and maybe get someone fresh in um, and send him off. So all joking aside, you may see him at uh, the likes of Aston Martin maybe next year um, or taking Latifi's spot in uh, in Williams. There you go. That ma- that would make sense. I mean, Lando's how many years Lando in three, four now? What? Sorry, I, and I've just slammed me, me pen down in anger there for a second. <laughs> oh, exciting. Okay, go. <laughs> if he ends up in Williams next year or, or the year after, right, in a struggling Williams car, that's not through fault of him being a bad driver. That is through his own stupid decisions to keep yeah. bouncing from team to team. He has managed to work his way from the best team on the grid, or one of the best teams on the grid, to potentially the worst team on the grid, all yeah. by himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, who's managing him? <laughs> Someone has got to start. Forget, yeah, give the, give the man a slap. Um, uh, but yeah, no, look, we, we live in, in hope that, that Daniel Ricciardo pulls it out of the bag because he, he is a great driver. He really is. Um, and I, I hope to see more from him uh, this time. year because yeah, it'd be yeah. it'd be disappointing to see him drop down to another to a lower team. Although, in fairness, McLaren's pretty low now at the moment. <laughs> well, they'll be glad, like they'll be bossing it then next year. So they'll be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. There you go. Right. That's it for this week's episode, folks. Uh, we'll be back next week for a review of the Australian Grand Prix. We're back in Australia, so it's going to be exciting. 
As always, if you want to get in touch with your own questions, comments, or corrections, and send them on to feedback at latenightracereview.com. But until next week, 